All right, all right. Here we are yet again with another episode of English and Coffee. It's your wonderful host, Demian. And today we are recording from McDonald's. McDonald's over here off of Memorial. Laid back location. Kind of low key due to the fact that everybody here pretty much passes through. There are no housing communities in the near vicinity. So, you know, the only thing you have to worry about is people that are moving past you more so than people walking up on you. I did have one individual approach me here at this location uh, once while I was doing a recording, if you remember that one, and um, more than likely he was on foot. Uh, he was a homeless guy looking for change, so he wandered in somewhere probably over the tracks. Um, I didn't see him coming because he came up from behind. Now, there are stores behind me, but typically, I mean, you just won't uh, be running into any people because, I mean, most people over here are going to have a vehicle. That's what I prefer. I don't like a lot of a lot of foot traffic because with the foot traffic you know comes just sometimes that certain that certain individual maybe you have something similar to that in your country or wherever you live and what part of your world um i mean they're good people but it's just you know not all of them are going to be as uh kind as that guy i mean most of the people that are going to be walking around looking for change you know they're he was asking, you know, some people try to hit you over the head, and then you got to do what you got to do to get out of the situation. But this is America, and this is this is the world we live in. So I'm sipping on a, a medium coffee, basic coffee today. It's a McCafe, uh, four creams, four sugars, you know, taking a sip here. We're coming off a long week, a long overdue week of vacation. A lot of time to think, get things together, make my plan, because as you know, I've got some things in motion. So um, I'll tell you a little bit about how the week went and um, maybe maybe delve into a uh, theme that you can latch on to and maybe it can, um, you know, you can incorporate it into your, your daily thinking or just something to roll over and just see if you're doing what, uh, what you're setting out to do. So let's take a sip here before we kick things off. You really don't get to hear the sip like I normally like to sip it with this uh, McDonald's lid. Maybe I'll take the cap off. Who knows? All right, let's go. One thing that's uh, immediately noticeable about this coffee is that it's warm. It's not hot, piping hot. I'm used to drinking hot coffee. I know Speedway has that hot coffee, burn your throat. Coffee I makes hot, burn your throat. But this McDonald's is warm. It's at a drinkable temperature. I'm not going to say that I that I prefer this warm coffee. I was kind of looking for that, you know, that that hot sip. I took the lid off so you guys can get a little more of the customary sips that we do. But I mean, yeah, I could literally just chug this coffee. I would prefer that it was a little warmer, but you know, McDonald's does what McDonald's does. So as I said, this week has been uh, rather interesting because I've had five days off and then next monday we have that day off because it's labor day labor day typically falls around my birthday you know birthday was I'm not going to say what day it is you should know what day it is if you've been rocking with me but my birthday has passed so i'm a year older a year wiser um a year closer to my goals i think uh i was thinking because you know normally at the beginning of the year people say oh what i'm gonna do you know for the next year and I wait till new year's but i think i'm gonna go from birthday to birthday uh, I like that as far as a timetable. I mean, you make every day a strive to where you're going, but I think I'm going to start my year uh, from birthday to birthday. So 
from this birthday that I just had to the next birthday, that's when I'll be looking for the progress. I'm not going to wait till, you know, January 1st or something like that. I'm just going to take things down. January 1st is a good little halfway point to kind of check and see where we are. You know, you need to do your quarterly reviews, not just in business, but if you treat yourself as a business, you know, your life is a business, your business is you. Uh, you should be checking your progress, make sure everything's on track, uh, whether that's your kids, if your kids are in school, check see how the grade's doing. I mean, normally when uh, kids' grades take a dip, nine times out of ten is things going on at home, or maybe they fell in with the wrong crowd, maybe they're experimenting, doing a couple different things, but I mean, things don't just happen. Um, but yeah, so my week, what did I do? What did I spend my time on? I spent a lot of time sitting on the computer. Uh, day trading. Uh, trading, as you guys know, is something uh, that I'm really into. Uh, swing trading, day trading, you know, buying stocks, dividend investing, investing long-term holding, all that all that good stuff with the NASDAQ and the, the SPY and the triple Qs and all that stuff. That's my uh, world that I'm stepping into, going into it so more. Now that, uh, you know, I'm going to have that time and ability, that flexibility of the schedule to go in and really do the things I want to do. So what did I learn this week? Uh, a week straight of day trading. I mean, this is waking up. I basically didn't, I didn't sleep in. I mean, there was no, you know, I'm just snoozing, you know, all through the day. No, this is set the alarm, get up in the morning. Now that first Monday was a little tricky because I think I had set the alarm and I ended up sleep until about, what was it, maybe about like 8.45, and then I got up, you know, I was in the market at 9.30, but I had wanted to be up by 7.15. All the following days after that, you know, the, it was 7.30, then it was 7.15, 7.15, 7.15. So on vacation, I'm getting up at 7.15, uh, drinking my coffee, get my, my day together, uh, looking at my charts, analyzing everything, seeing if anything moved during the night, see where the trends were, and then by 9.30, I was sitting there at the computer, had my screens open. Um, it was cool. It was cool. I had my screens open, had my uh, charts looking at the time and sales, had all my little uh, indicators on, had my levels marked, you know, where there were strength, uh, the highs and the lows, previous high, previous low, uh, pre-market high, pre-market low. Uh, it was interesting. Made some trades. Now, I did... Did delve a little more into options. Options is where you really get the leverage. You don't have to use as much capital to be able to make a trade, but you have the same weight as you would if you bought 100 shares. So let's say an option or a share price or something. Let's just say it's a $10 stock. Let's say it's a $10 stock. I mean, your option contracts are probably going to be, excuse me, like $6 or something like that. But I mean, so for, you know, if you put, shoot, I don't know, $60 in it, you probably have three, $400 um, worth of, uh, shares. But like I said, uh, I was trading bigger cap stocks. I'm trying to get away from the penny stocks. So I was trading stocks like Netflix. Uh, almost got some Tesla in there. Almost got some Tesla in on the options. I mean, I have bought and sold a share of, uh, Tesla before, but I was doing the options. So I was looking for some more big cap stocks. So that's really where options come into play. I mean, anything under $10, you could pretty much just buy a hundred shares. It only takes you like a thousand dollars or something like that to do that on your own. But with the options, you're able to play, you know, with Apple, you're able to buy options on Netflix, you're able to buy options on, you know, Shopify, just bigger stocks. So I bought some uh, options on Netflix. Uh, who else? I could check and see. Let me let me check real quick and tell you some of the um, some of the options I bought. I know this might not be the most interesting, but it's still English. You know, you got to know these numbers. People start talking finances and numbers. I mean, you want to be able to follow the conversation. 
but maybe there's a few of you out there that trade and uh, follow the markets as well. I'm sure it sounds different in your language, but it's all the same thing. I mean, money's money. So let me just let me just tell you a couple of the uh, the names or tickers that I did that I did trade. So I'm opening up my broker here. Uh, let's see what we got going on. Um, and I will be opening another um, opening account with another brokerage here in a minute. So I traded Walmart. Uh, did two contracts on Walmart. Uh, did the strike price of 148. September 3rd expiration now a contract such as that being that I did that on Friday Friday's the last day where this expiration uh, close date you're talking it was only three cent now three cents so you have to multiply everything by a hundred so it was only three dollars up in that contract I mean you could you couldn't beat that but earlier in the week where the contracts were more high priced let's see Baba Baba is Alibaba Alibaba this is a hundred it's a hundred seventy five dollars a share, $175 a share. For one share of this stock, it's $175. So if I wanted to get 100 of them, you're talking I would have needed probably about a good $17,500, right? But no, I did the options. I was able to purchase one contract for $141. It was $1.41, you know, times 100. So $141, I was able to buy one contract. And with that, I was able to control the same weight of 100 shares. So I just did one contract because, like you said, I mean, I'm trying to do more with options. Um, now, I could have bought, you know, three, four contracts, but you still got to get pick the direction right. The difference between options and stocks, when you buy an option, if you're wrong, you're wrong. You got to get out quick. With stocks, if you buy the share, you got time. If you got, you know, buy the share, you got time to sit and wait for things to return. But with uh, options, there's an expiration date. So as soon as you buy it, it starts having time decay so the price you know the premium that you pay just starts you know decaying away so i was able to buy one there i traded uh baba gsat gsat uh that one wasn't that expensive but there was a um twenty dollar twenty dollar um option bbig who's bbig bbig had a lot of momentum um i bought one contract of that that was a what ten dollar strike price about one at the eleven dollar strike but one at the nine dollar strike, Lucid, Lucid traded that um, eighty four eighty four dollars for one contract. There, I bought a couple contracts, uh, different intervals. Um, did pretty good with Lucid. AMC, I tried to play with the AMC options. Um, oh, that's my alarm there. Excuse me. Sat there and uh, did the uh, forty five dollar uh, forty five strike price for AMC. I was buying puts, which was stupid. On that day, I did that on my uh, my birthday. I bought four contracts, uh, AMC puts, when they were having a squeeze. And I knew they were having a squeeze, but I was just taking the small chance that something may happen, you know, where I'm like, all these people are going up. This price is just flying up. There's got to be a moment where it downturns. Uh, but the one thing I did is I overstayed my welcome because that was one of the biggest positions I'd been in as far as a day trade. Um, each contract was about $288, and I had four of them. Excuse me. <coughs> oh, man. $288 per contract. I had four of them. So, I mean, that 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 trade was like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I mean, it was it was over $1,000. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a learning experience. I don't know if I'll be trading with that type of, uh, that, that type of collateral in a day trade anytime soon, but it was fun. It was my birthday. You know, it was one of those YOLOs you live once. 
I mean, I was able to cut the trade, you know, before it got too nasty, but it did, I did get bounced around a little bit, but I mean, that's what happens. I traded some other uh, contracts, KPLT, who's that? Um, see, when you're doing technical analysis, I mean, you just go in there looking at the price action trading that. So KPLT traded that, traded AMC, Lucid, this LCID, BBIG, WPG, GSAT, BABA, Meta, and Walmart. So uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. On about 15 contracts that we did. It was fun. Um, but what did I learn from all that? I learned that, uh, yeah, it's going to be a little while before I'm up there with the, uh, you know, with the greats, the Buffets and all that, but, um, I'm going to keep at it. Uh, I enjoy it. I mean, that's what I prefer to do. So as I said, I mean, I'm going to need my days, daytime so I could be able to go in there and get my trade because it's a long-term game. You don't go in there. You can go in there. I mean, you might, you might hit it here, hit it there, but I mean, you want to be consistent. So I'm looking for the consistency. I'm wanting to be able to knock it out of the park you know, or get some base hits on a daily basis versus just going in and making a lot of money at one time. So instead of making $1,500 in one run, I would prefer to be able to hit 50 every day. Just get 50 every day, get consistent, because that's how you last in the game. The main thing is it's a skill set. You have to learn the skills. You have to develop the skills. You have to be able to really have some good entries, some good exits, understanding the price action, understanding the market that you're trading, and each stock trades differently, so AMC won't trade like Walmart, Walmart won't trade like uh, GSAT. You just have to make sure that you're um, really invested in this. I mean, you treat it like a business because it is a business. Um, it's real money being made. People are making money, and people are losing a lot of money. So fortunately, I'm I'm working on my risk management. Uh, definitely learned a lesson after that. Uh, those four contracts at AMC. <laughs> like I said, that was probably my my biggest hit that I've taken. But since then, after I continue trading after that, I mean, we're cutting losses. I'm not even, I'm not even worried if it looks, if it looks like it doesn't want to go how I think it should go, I'm cutting it. I'm not even worried about it. I'd rather take a 15, a $15 hit than, you know, a $300 hit, $200 hit. Um, so I'm definitely, um, I definitely learned a lot from that experience of building that, that big share size up and having that one trade, uh, yeah, I'm cutting them. So I'm like $15. I don't care. $30. Cool. I don't care. 50. I mean, if it's going opposite from what I want to do, cut it. Um, but like I said, the reason what I learned, like I said, the reason I didn't cut that one trade, that AMC trade down is because I was holding and hoping. This is what they call holding and hoping. You're hoping it'll turn around. And while you're sitting there waiting, it's just eating you up. But here's the thing. I don't know if I'd mentioned it before, but a one, a one uh, let's say not a $1 loss. A $100 loss starts out as a $1 loss. So if you sit there and hold it, $20, $30, $40, $50, $80, dollars $100, $150, you sit there, and, that's you sitting there and holding. You can cut it anytime. You can cut it at 20 Yeah, The thing with trading is you have to be okay with losing money uh, because it's a percentage game. It's a probability game. You will not win every trade. You will not be correct every trade. Hate to say win, but let's just say you, you won't be correct every trade. Your thesis will not provide every trade. So, but over 10 trades, if you could win three of them, right? And let's say you were having a, a ratio of one, what they say, one R, you know, for three. So if every time you won, you won three, right? So basically $10. And then you risk $10, and then you get $30 or $40 every time you're wrong. 
I mean, every time you're right, you get 30 or $40, but if you're wrong, you only lose 10. You see where it would make the difference. So if you're winning 30 or $40 each time after 10 trades, how many trades would you need to cover? So, I mean, you would only need to, you would only need to be right four times and you've made your money. So you could have four wins, six losses, and still be a profitable trader, you know, or have a profitable day. Out of 10 trades, you only need to win, you know, four times. So six of them could just be duds. But if you're only, if, you're, if your risk management is tight and you're only losing $10 each time, $10 or six, that'd be what, $60, but you made 120. See what I'm saying? You made 120. So that's the, that's the whole thing. You got you to gotta take that into consideration. So basically you break even. But you could do that. You know, you could, you, could, you could do that. And that's the consistency you want. You don't just want to have one super, you know, over the hill trade and then nine losses. You would rather kind of spread that out. But you need to understand that ratio. So you trade your setups, whether you're doing the bull flags and sending triangles or whatever you're chasing, you know, the momentum strategy, swing trading. You just have those percentages. So, I mean, just make sure your risk management is paramount. So it's better to have a strong defense than a strong offense when it comes to trading. But, yeah, I did a lot of that. Um, spent a lot of time with Dukes. Went over there. Um, we hung out. Uh, so I already know, I mean, as soon as this transition happens, I mean, she's going to be seeing a lot of me. I enjoy spending time with my mom. I don't care what anybody says. I enjoy spending time with my mom. I mean, she's she's getting up there in age. I mean, I know she won't be here forever, but... uh. I'm enjoying these times, you know, this is something I kind of wish, you know, I was able to do more of, you know, right, you know, in my current situation with, with the job, but I mean, it eats up so much of your day, you know, when you go home, you're ready to cook, eat, sit back and relax, but with this new thing that I'm going into, I'm going to have those days where I could just, you know, get up, do my trading, I mean, I was only at the computer maybe three, four hours, then I would be able to, uh, you know, just have a little bit more in the afternoon and then go over there and hang out with mom at night, come back, rest up. I mean, we we're watching a show, eating good. We went out to uh, Kinston the other day, you know, did some shopping. I mean, just very relaxed. Um, that's how life should be. And I'm sure it's like that for a lot of people. But, um, you know, when you just have that time in the day to do those things, I mean, it just makes the thing all the much better. You know, the journey. You guys, it's not about the destination. It's about the uh, the journey. So that's that. We'll take a short break and then we'll come back and we'll probably close it up. Okay. So before we close it out, I just wanted to give you guys a uh, concept or a thought that I had the other day. Well, basically today, I would say the other day or the other, the other time. But when you're doing things different than the norm, right? You're doing things different than the group, the collective, you know, the people that you know, your, your, your peers or your social group or just people around you, you start to notice. Uh, it might be like, let's just say you have somebody from out of town. Well, here you have states, right? So if somebody comes from Wisconsin, they're going to be dressing different than people in North Carolina. If somebody comes from New York, they're dressing different from people in Atlanta. Um, so it's easy to spot them out um, because they don't dress the same. They don't talk the same. They have a whole different traditions, culture, or whatever, you know, the city or the state or whatever area they're coming from. But in life, as you embark out set out on your journey everybody won't understand what you're doing and it doesn't matter if they understand it as long as you understand it you, even your parents you know may think oh well why are you doing this why are you doing that why do you need this car why do you need this job why are you studying this why are you reading that your girlfriend boyfriend husband may not understand some people may not support you and sometimes the support they try to give you 
They think it's trying to help you, but it's actually trying to hurt you. Because if you're trying to climb Mount Everest and everybody's telling you, well, you can climb this little smaller mountain over here, like, why can't you be comfortable with that? Because you can't be comfortable with that. That's not what you're setting out to do. You want to conquer Mount Everest, then you need to put all your energy and effort in uh, conquering Mount Everest. But people that are scared, you know, people that don't understand, why does he got to climb the mountain? Why does he got to do that? They're going to try to tell you, hey, you could just climb this over here and you've done enough already. You should go to sleep. You should rest. Uh, or let's just say you're trying to get, you know, a million dollars or whatever, and you're sitting here... Um, make it sixty thousand dollars or something they're telling you oh sixty thousand dollars is enough you could you could make it and you're like no but i want a hundred twenty thousand because you know then the next thing is going to be three hundred sixty thousand and they're saying why do you need all that money they're, they're sitting there saying you're working too hard you're doing too many things you don't need to start another business you know they're trying to save you but they're actually hurting you because those those aren't the voices you need you need those voices that are going to motivate you and push you to, to go to the next level so when you're sitting there saying yes i want to go to uh, 500,000 then you need people saying yes you can do it why haven't you done those things that you're talking about doing you need to get on it you need that motivation that push in the direction you want to go and i mean i could i could speak from uh experience because like my mom she hears a lot of my plans and things you know sometimes before you guys hear about things that i'm trying to do and in her efforts to protect me, because she doesn't like to see me, you know, stress or, you know, look like I'm working, you know, all these hours or doing different things or, you know, risking the money and things like that. So she doesn't fully understand, you know, my destination, where I'm going. So she's doing the best that she can to try to understand, but she can't fully understand because it's not her dream. You know, my dream is to, you know, trade and, and, and make these moves and, you know, start these businesses. Um, but it's risky. It's all new because it hasn't been done before. You know, in my circle, it hasn't been done before. So I might as well be out there talking about I'm going to build a spaceship, you know, in the backyard or something and launch it to Mars. You know, this is just unheard of. But if you have a dream, you have a passion, you follow it. I mean, you 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 don't you don't let up. You know, you don't accept, you know, anything less than what you want. That's why a lot of times you have a lot of people stuck in these mediocre jobs, or these mediocre relationships, you know, these mediocre families. And they're not moving anywhere and they're not happy. They're depressed because they're not doing something they actually want to do. So I'm just going to say, be the alien. You know, you might look weird to your family. You know, you might look weird to your co-workers, you know. Maybe you want to uh, grow your hair out or shave your head or just something that is different from the norm. And everybody doesn't understand it. But I mean, if it's something that you truly feel that's positive, is going to help you achieve your goals, I say do it. Be the alien. Embrace it. And on that one, oh, this coffee here is getting... Mm, this, yeah, this obviously is not the best, uh, <clears throat> this is not the best McCafe uh, they put together because it's like all of the uh, cream and sugar have now consolidated here at the bottom of the cup. And being that it was a warm cup, it's not hot, it didn't melt. But I hope your cup's fresher, and I'll see you in the next one.